0: All right. What's up guys. Uh, welcome to another episode of the elite physique university. Um, I'm here with just John and Jason this week, and we're going to talk about mistakes that you should avoid if you want to build muscle. So, um, before we get going on that, of course we have to go over how everyone's doing. So anything that's new for you guys, um, Jason, you were just talking about you had like five groups of, uh, mentees mentor. Going yeah
1: yeah I have five groups and I'm taking a wait list for group six but that won't start till January when one of the other groups drops off I feel like five is about it because like I got this podcast till five then I got a mentor group at five to six and I got one six to seven and my a lot of my nights are like that and it's just it's a lot so I, I think I'm cap it at five and then I'll always keep a wait list so anyone listening if you're interested um we do a deep dive into functional nutrition, the main things that I see problems with. Um, you know, Obviously, there's a whole gamut that you could teach, but it's a four-month course, and I go over the main things that I see day in, day out. So if you're interested, you can hit me up and I get on the wait list. It's uh, total total spend uh, because it's a group. It's 1,200. Um, I do these things solo. And it's 1,000 a month. Um, but you know what? I've been trying to I've been trying to touch more people. I'm trying to get more coaches that can afford it so they can do good work. And I figure that way, uh, you know, it's kind of my way to kind of get get my imprint further as well. So um, that's about it there. Um, anything else going on? No, you know, I'm having clients uh, hitting the stage. You know, I've had some pretty cool wins. Uh, I had a gal win Miss America and uh, then she stepped up one. Uh, the next show, uh, and she's a natural pro. Uh, I've had some other people t- placing well in the NPC and doing all that too. So I'm still still coaching uh, bodybuilders and, and physique athletes. Um, so I think I think that's about it personally. Uh, dealing with my dad who has uh, Parkinson's uh, with dementia, and it's moving really fast. So. It's kind of a hard thing to watch someone that you knew as a strong fireman bodybuilder guy. And and now it's, um, kind of just all unraveling and it's unraveling a lot quicker than what I thought his dad lived to be 98. His dad to be 97. I kind of thought that would happen with my dad and, um, it's not so a lot going on here, but, uh, you know, I'm here, so I'm ready to roll. Let's talk about training. That's Mm -hmm. it.
2: Busy, busy, busy as always. What are you eating over there, man? It looked like some spaghetti or some kind of. Ah, uh,
1: no, I had uh, a sweet potato, and I actually have two scoops of uh, IsoPerfect with a half a scoop of Fat Snacks in this.
2: I I do want to bring up a. Uh, oh, you're using our Fat Snacks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, the dietary fat powder. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Hey, I do want to bring it. It's up in in my stuff. new
1: new ethics cup, but there is fat snacks in
2: here. <laughs> <laughs> I, I appreciate your product man. placement. <laughs> yeah, there, there we go. I do want to bring up a real quick story because I, I, I know we don't have a lot of time, but it's funny talking about you and eating sweet potatoes.
0: Uh-huh.
2: You, you probably know where I'm going to go. You were working as a lawyer. You brought your food to lunch with you, and to eat at lunch out of Tupperware, and you were prepping, and you posted on Facebook. You're like when you're four weeks out and you drop a sweet potato on the floor and you have to get your food in, you just eat it. And I remember everybody's like, Oh my God, that's so gross. And you're like, you just eat it cold. and You just keep rolling. And I remember I pointed out, I was like, dude, I know what it's like on the bottom of my shoes. When I walk into a guy's bathroom, you deleted the whole post. You're like, I'm done with this. Like I'm done with it. But every time you eat a sweet potato, I always think of that story. But I also remember you back in the day, traveling on an airplane talking about eating cold uh beef and potatoes with some mustard on it or something like do you just do what you got to do so it just that just was probably me.
1: traveling for a show i will do that if i if it's not a show it's tuna and almonds that's how i get through my yeah. travel i yeah. don't even work on carbs i sit tuna and almonds every time i'm hungry
2: So from talking about me, what's new with me, I I do want to point something out because we have a lot of coaches that listen to the show that are trying to do things like what you're just talking about, Jason, like you're giving classes, you're doing mentorship. We own supplement companies. We lecture, like we do all these different things. And it's just, I just want to drive this home that a lot of you are just starting out. If you're only in this a year, don't think that you're going to be able to go fill up a mentorship class. You're going to be able to go write a book or you're going to do all these things We're trying to a lot of the stuff that we talk about here. We've been doing this 10, 15, 20 years. And a lot of this stuff that we're talking about now is going to help get you to that point. So stay patient. I've just gotten a lot of emails this week about you know people wanting consults and, and you know some consulting and stuff like that. And I always have to drive home. You've only been doing it a year. Get good as a coach. Like that's your main thing. So, Jason, you talked about you still have bodybuilders hitting the stage and you emphasize that dude, that's, that's all, all three of us. That's our bread and butter. You know what I mean? Like our client base is our bread and butter. So for the coaches listening out there, just remember, you'll be able to do stuff like that. Just keep grinding as a coach. As far as me, you know, this is going to air a little bit later. It'll probably be in December, Kayla, probably at Mm -hmm. some point in December. So this is right before Thanksgiving. Um, I've been talking about the holiday protocol with my clients. I usually, chill out a little bit this time of year because you got the holidays coming up. So I don't really change my clients plans those weeks. I set them up to where they can go eat with the family and relax and just kind of chill out from a business standpoint. We've got, you know, new products dropping and I've still got a full client load. My, my athletes had a pretty good year. I'm pretty happy with that, but I've really been setting aside more time. I'll never drop my client base. Like, you know, I say that, but I still want to be in my fifties working with clients It's really what I love. I'll never drop that down, but I'm really jumping more into this role as the owner and CEO of Fat Muscle and just growing that. And that takes time, Jason, as you know. It takes time because it's really kind of me at the helm. And then, you know, I've got some people underneath me. So most of my time outside of coaching is spent doing that. But other than that, I'm blessed. I'm ready for Thanksgiving. I'm ready for the holidays. It's, It's a, I like to end the year on a slower note, I like to rest the end of the year where everybody's trying to like ramp up and like finish strong. I've been pushing like a motherfucker all year. So like I'm ready to kind of chill out and rest and do podcasts and things like that. So I'm a, I'm in a good place. Probably going to shut Instagram down right at mid December. I'll probably shut that down for a few months. I do that every year and that kind of helps me get refueled. So I'm a, I'm in a good place. Good. Good. Glad to hear that.
0: Um, I guess for me, uh, by this, t- by the time this airs, I'll have already done it, but I am putting together a cortisol and hormones, um, webinar, if you want to call it that, um, just free for people. Um, I've had a lot of interest in that people asking questions about it. So I was like, well, let's just do free like webinar on zoom. Um, get people into that, uh, just to give out information, um, on a topic. Like got that. What's that?
1: When you doing it? You um, it? I think
0: I'm gonna do it November 29th. It's like
1: Tuesday. oh, it'll already be been past. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: So by the time this airs, it'll already be done. Yeah. So hopefully, I'll do another one. So if you're listening yeah. to this now, um, yeah. when it airs, um, I'll do another one though. Um, because they're fun and I like to educate too. But like you guys were, were talking about earlier with the mentorship stuff, like I've only been in this, you know, a few years now, and so like I don't consider myself anywhere near like your guys's level by any means, but you have to start somewhere at some point. And I like to educate. So I'm like, okay, this is a co- topic I feel confident about. So I'm going to give one out and just grow from there. So,
1: so yeah. Kayla, it's a great way to, it's a great way to get free, free information, mm-hmm. give your time people to get to know you. Yep. Uh, it's a win-win. Uh, and like I was talking about before touching as many people as you can um, mm-hmm. that's, that's part of it. So
0: Yep. So that's the goal. Um, and then I guess like I've had this time of year, we were just talking about before we went on kind of slows down a little bit for me. I've had people going in and out. Um, so, and, and that's totally fine. Uh, just people coming off with holidays and stuff like that. So no big deal. Um, but yeah, I have athletes, I guess, getting ready for next year, um, which is fun to see, um, a couple reversing now. So they're doing pretty well. Otherwise everything's just kind of like, Smooth sailing. We have snow up here already, so that's fun. But other than that.
1: I, I'll tell you what though, we have had snow though. We we did get snow uh Monday. Oh, you know, really? And it was flurrying today. Uh-huh. Yep. Wow. Literally, I'm- okay. It wasn't Monday. I think it was Tuesday, but whatever it was, it was 70 degrees like on a Monday. And then by Tuesday or Wednesday, we had snow and it was 35. <laughs> So it, it went from like a really sweet, nice uh, fall to like, boom, there's winter. Oh, well.
0: Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. It's so crazy how fast the weather can change. Yeah. Uh, but all right. So you guys ready to get into muscle building mistakes?
2: Yeah, it's a great topic especially this time of year. Most people are finished with prep, they're ready to think about the off season and they, these are some you've really done a good job putting these together, Kayla. We were talking about that before the show, but you know, this is a time of year where you see most people trying to grow. It's cold and people are done with with shows or they're new, so this is this is a good topic.
0: Yep. So we have a few things put together for you guys of just some tips that you can do when you're in your off season, your growth phases, anything like that, um, to make sure you get the most out of it. Cause that's the most important thing is we want to optimize training. So, uh, starting with the first one, I think this is a common one and I can just also say that I've been guilty of this too, is training body parts only once per week. So this kind of, gets you into some trouble because you tend to overload one body part and then you end up only hitting it one day a week and you have six days of rest in between. And that's just, it's not enough stimulus to provide that for that muscular adaptation. So what do you guys um, have on that?
2: You know, that this is something to where, I kept my teeth with the bro split, Uh, two on, one off, two on, two off. Jason, you probably remember that was, I know that's what Mark Rosemini recommended to me back in the day when I kind of first started out body parts once a week. It's also what we saw in flex and muscular development because that's what the quote unquote big guys did. And I added some decent muscle there, but I was such a newbie to where no matter what you do, I think people need to remember When you're new, everything works. Um, If you're genetically elite, everything works. If you're using heads, if you're using performance-enhancing drugs, everything works. So it's getting past that and remembering to keep advancing. You know, once you do the bro split to start out, I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with that when people start out for a little bit. But to advance past it, you have to train body parts more than once a week because you know the research shows when you train chest, for example you know, you turn on protein synthesis, you turn on growth about three days later, that's shut off. So no matter what, you can do a hundred sets per chest on Monday, you know, no matter what, by Thursday, it's done growing no matter what. So why not turn around and train it again? The key is to get enough, you know, total sets of volume in to train it twice a week. So a lot of, a lot of guys live by the example of just train a ton, high volume one day a week, but it's better to split it up. And the research is there, to back that up dr brad schoenfeld's done it but that's that's kind of my take and that's that's how i explain it to my clients what about you jason
1: well um god i have just so many wide range of clients these days that i have some clients that literally i can only train them three days a week well there ain't no way you're really getting that done but generally speaking we aren't really looking to build muscle per se as much as get strength in them and you know get them moving um And then, you know, I've got my performance athletes and my bodybuilders. Um, You know, I have plans where like I'll hit um, upper, lower, upper, lower, something like that. So everything's getting hit twice a week. So that's everything. And then I'll have plans where like someone's like unbalanced on their legs. I'll have them hit maybe legs two or three times a week. The upper body gets hit twice and will overreach for like eight to 10 weeks. Peds are probably in if that's the case on that one. Um, it's hard to work legs three times a week and, and recover is my point. Um, but I, I, it runs a gamut for me, but I agree with the statement you made after three days, we pretty much know scientifically that protein uh, synthesis is turned off. Uh, so you're not really regrowing. So it does make sense to hit, hit it again. Um, I've even brought up weak body parts training them daily. Um, now you can't take it to failure each time, but you can put some blood in there and that works too. So there's a lot of ways to
2: kind of do it, but, uh. you know, I, I remember something because you, you know, perpetually always trying to bring your chest up because it's been your lagging body part. And you've really done a great job of bringing that up. I remember one thing that you did back in the day. And I think maybe, you know, our friend, John Meadows, you know, I wish he was still around. Unfortunately he's not, but I think John maybe told you this, but you were doing put every time you'd shower, you do pushups. And it's just kind of a rule of thumb. Did that work? Did that approach work? Cause that's it pretty much. Did. like a thing. And
1: what I do now is uh, I do it differently. When I you're any day I'm in the gym in between sets, I'm doing like an angled push-up off of a bench. Right. It's a failure. So if I, I could be training back and I just did rows rather than stand around and pick my ass, I'm, I'm doing something to push blood into my chest. And it has brought it up. You know, my biggest problem is I have some really good long muscle bellies in certain areas, but those are just short attachments. I only have so much to build, Um, but I've tried to do the best I can. But yeah, like a chest will be twice a week for me. And then I do those push-ups literally every time I'm in the gym. And I've done it with my calves and I get a lot of compliments on my calves these days. And not they're big. I think it's they're well shaped and lean, Um, but I train calves every day. Like every day I'm in the gym, I train calves. Mm-hmm. And they they came up, I get compliments. So it, it did something.
0: Awesome. I don't think that there's like a lot of people are going to ask about like an ideal split. And I don't think we can actually like accurately say that because like Jason and John just said, like these things are very variable depending on the person, their goals, their genetics, their availability for the gym, their lagging areas, like all of that. So it's going to be what's ideal for you. And that's why like us as coaches like can help you with that. Um, And that's what we're here for. So same thing with like male versus female and also like daddy versus enhanced, you know, it just, it all depends. There's so many variables in there to use too. Um, the next one is your recovery just sucks. Um, if you're not recovering enough, you can't grow. Um, and that just definitely means like quality sleep. Um, if you're training too hard too often, again, like we said, from the last one, that's like variable per person. Um, also doing like too much cardio in the off season. Like, do you guys usually see that as a common problem or any other ones to add to that one?
2: This, this is a good topic, especially cause you started to hit on this, Jason. You said, you know, these days you've got some people that can only train three days a week, for example, and it's really hard for them to make to make gains but i i guess i'll will jump in and talk about the quality of sleep because that's the most unsexy word that you can talk about that's probably the most important thing that mm-hmm. you can talk about is sleep and people just want to neglect it and to me when it comes to when it comes to making gains there's three things up at the top and i think they're all equal i think training nutrition and sleep i think those are the three at the top that should be the most important and, you know, qual- you you in our notes, I'm looking at our notes, you put quality sleep, you put quality in all caps. And I think that's the important thing because I have clients that they'll get five hours of sleep, but then they'll take a nap every day. That's not the same as getting seven hours of sleep and getting into deep sleep. And those areas where you can really, that's when your body recovers and grows a lot. It's where your metabolism speeds up a lot, that last half of growth. And it's where cortisol drops really hard. So you've got all these things, you know, if you don't get enough quality sleep, cortisol is, is elevated cortisol is enemy number one, in my opinion, as far as crushing your testosterone levels. So from a natural perspective, somebody not on you know, performance enhancing drugs, quality sleep becomes right up there at the very freaking top. If you're natural, because you want to keep your hormones in a good place. You have to get good quality sleep and deep sleep. So, that's that's one that I think if people would prioritize that as much as they do their training and mapping their diet out, they would make much better progress. Because think about quality sleep over the course of a year versus just eh, sleep over the course of a year. How much growth is that going to add up to? How much is that going to keep your hormones in a healthy place? So mm-hmm. I, I think that's a good one. I'm glad you put that there.
0: Yeah. And I think it's important too, because in a growth phase, this is obviously your off season or your improvement season. And this is where these types of things start to kind of like slack, you know, because we're, we don't have that show focus in front of us. Like, so it's like, oh, this is my time to like take a break, so to say, but it's, it's really not like, this is your time to be even more strict if, if anything, because this is the time where it's more crucial because you need that muscle growth if you want to compete and you want to get better. So I think that a lot of people need to kind of take that into account. So. Um, Jason, you want to take training too hard too often with all the clients that you have, myself included?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. It's hard to know. It's hard to know almost what your threshold is until you've pushed yourself hard enough to know what your threshold is. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And I, as a coach, don't know either until I've kind of pushed it. So there's been times I've pushed someone too hard. Um, uh, I remember a guy client I had, um, I had him training five days a week, thought he was on plenty of food. Uh, maybe we just weren't communicating or he wasn't letting me know how bad he was feeling, but all of a sudden it was like, he was in adrenal fatigue and we literally had to go to yoga for like, I think it was about eight weeks. And I, I've never seen that with a guy, but it, I felt bad because then I realized, man, he only really should be training maybe four days a week, three days a week with, you know, some other types of modalities to keep him moving. Cause he wanted a bodybuilder per se, but he wanted to, you know, model and 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 do things yeah. like that. So, and that, but, but once I figured that out, then I knew, um, and like with you, Kayla, like I, again, you know, I, I got you on my hands on you I fixed you and then I put you through a prep and it was, you know, it set you back out. So now we're doing things where like with Kayla, we have her push hard for four weeks, and then she comes back on a deload on the fifth. And I don't care if she's losing fat like a champ or building muscle like a champ. I'm going to stop her, deload her, help her cortisol set because I don't want to get stuck in that buildup. You know, Mm -hmm. if you keep going, going, going because, oh, I feel great. Well, finally, you hit the wall. So, I mean, it's really hard to figure it out because sometimes you kind of fuck up a little bit to figure it out and you kind of got to know what your threshold is and if you aren't pushing yourself hard enough, you're never going to meet uh, meet your true potential. So you kind of got to do it. Um, we all kind of got to do it eventually and realize, well, what's your sweet spot? Uh, okay, for me, it's probably four to five days a week. This this six to seven day training isn't going to work for me. Uh, maybe it's three to four, um, you know, but you kind of got to push and try things. I, I think that's the best answer I can give.
0: Yeah, I think I think that's a good, really good way to put it because um, otherwise you're just kind of like – not slacking, but like holding back a little bit. And like, you don't want to leave anything in the tank, so to say. So otherwise it's always like a, well, what if kind of a question. So, and as coaches, like, we don't obviously know the right answer hundred percent when we get clients. So like, yeah, as coaches, we might screw up, screw up sometimes, but it's better to fail, so to say, and learn from something than to just like play it safe all the time. You know what I mean? Um. So with, you also mentioned about not eating enough. So we can just jump over to that one. I had that one on my list, but, um, we can jump to that one next. And I think that's a really big, important one too, is especially in females, they're just not eating enough to recover and enough to grow new tissue because either one, they're too afraid of gaining too much body fat and two, they just don't know because of, you know, societal norms and everything. So, um, where, where do you guys want to add in for that?
2: I think that's pretty common, especially if you have someone that's new coming to you. I think people that are a little bit more established, they've done shows, like they they come to us, they obviously know they need to eat more. But when someone's new, they generally tend to females especially undereat a little bit, um, and proteins definitely. I know we're gonna we're gonna get to that like in detail, but proteins maybe not enough. Um, but I see the two things that I see that kind of go hand in hand. I know cardio. We're talking about food, but you mentioned earlier about cardio, like doing too much cardio in the off season. Typically with females, what I'll see is they'll come to me and they they want to grow their glutes, right? Like that's, that's the thing right now. Like they want a firm butt and they want to grow their glutes, but they're doing a lot of cardio and they're not eating enough, but they also want to grow. So it's one of those things you just have to manage it. And if you're not eating, if you're new, you can grow at maintenance because you can recomp and stuff like that but you probably need to be slightly over maintenance and if you do it slightly over growth will take longer but you won't add fat as much so it's that, that that's why having a coach really helps um but i see people like females trying to grow on 1300 calories it's just not yeah. going to happen you know they're doing cal- and cardio and stuff like that so i get it they just don't know you know but it's a mistake and that's why we're doing this show
0: mm-hmm. yeah exactly i think on the female side of it too i think we're just like scared to we're scared of food so to say because we have all these like social media things coming at us about this is how you should look and all of that and that's just hard for for girls to understand sometimes and it's I've had lots of females come and be like I know I need to eat more but I'm scared of like how to do that so like I have to help you know with just reassurance and showing like okay well you have to make sure your gut's under control and then like any hormones are off that can also affect things too so getting all that figured out and like I have a girl right now, actually, um, that she's always had a hard time with just increasing food. And that's what we're doing right now. And she's seeing really good progress and now she wants to do some training and stuff. And so that's awesome to see. Um, so that's great for females, but, um, what about, I was going
2: was, I was oh, to say one thing real quick, um, because I'll point this out for the females. When I have someone come to me and they're really scared or I'm trying to work calories up and they're scared. I always point something out. So if, if you're listening and this is you. I can promise you this this is literally the bible. You're not going to gain fat if you stick to your calories and don't go eat off plan very often. A lot of people are gaining too much because they're having these giant cheat days. Like they're not cheat meals or cheat days. Mm-hmm. But you know, a female's not going to gain a bunch of fat on 1800 calories a day if she's training hard multiple days a week. And I try and point that out, like you're not really going to gain a lot of fat from your daily calories. You know, if you're a female eating 2100, yeah, you're probably going to add a little bit maybe depending on the person, but it's not the daily calories that people should be scared of. It's that giant, you know, it's that bottle of wine on Saturday night, or it's the giant cheat meals in in free days, like the blowouts and stuff like that's what gets people. So inherently they keep their calories lower during the week so they can have these giant days on the weekend and that's where that's to me that's what i see getting people guys or girls so i just want to add that in stick to those daily calories and you won't have to worry too much
1: i think for the under eater you have to as a coach uh create mental change um you have to help them see that yeah. to really get the body they want they've got to be able to perform really well and got to be able to be strong and. Progress, whether it's reps or sets, so you got to get a mind change. And so I always have them ranking strength and energy, and you know we want to see those going up, especially when I'm dealing with women who come to me or who are under eating. I want to see that going up. That's a metric that we can we can check a box and say, hey, that's a win. um So it's really a mental shift. You know, I had one gal today. I was doing her check ins. She came to me with a bunch of problems. She was eating 1,200 calories. She's down eight pounds. Uh, and she's up to 1900 calories and she was really upset and frustrated today because she didn't lose weight. And I said, first off, you're down eight pounds eating 700 more calories than you were. Your body's getting healthy. Your energy's great. And then I looked, I compared her pictures for her, 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 her first picture to now side by side, uh, her side profile. And I mean, it was night and day, the recomposition. But because the scale didn't go down, uh, she totally forgot about how the fact that she's eating a ton of food now and her energy is great and all that. But that scale and that losing weight wasn't wasn't it. So it's a mindset change. The, the reason men do better at this is we don't care about being a little fluffy and we want to be strong. And, we want it. and if, we're, if we're eating heavy, we're strong. We know it. We feel it. Um. So it's a, it's a mind shift that you got to work with
2: uh, on people. Yeah. Fluffy. You said fluffy and I sucked in a little bit just in <laughs> just, I, I, I was like, hey. <laughs> I, I think
0: it. I think females definitely have like the hardest time with like more food and gaining weight 100%. of course. Um, but what about the the guy, you know, who is a hard gainer that they can eat and, eat and eat and eat and eat, and it's just so hard to grow. I know, like Jason, that was you, you know. Can you touch on that well, for some of those people?
1: The problem with me is. I mean, I am more of a stubborn gainer, but I don't like to eat either. Mm -hmm. And that's been my biggest problem throughout my career, Um, whether it's not great digestion or just not being hungry. Um, But 100%, I mean, you got to figure out a way to get the size on. Um, For me, I've always been someone who doesn't really get overly fat and I get sick of eating just rice and chicken. So I'll, I have to dirty it up a little bit for myself. Um, like last night we went and got uh skyline chili, which is the, a big thing in Cincinnati. And it's, you know, it's like, we, I mean, we looked it up. It's like 900 calories were what I got. It was 45 grams of fat, um, you know, 70 grams of carbs, whatever. And so I, I add those things in um, to keep, to keep basically getting the calories I would need to grow. Um, so you kind of got to learn that about yourself too. So if you have, a, if you have, a, if you are a hard gainer, you may need to dirty it up just a little bit. Um, that's my advice for the hard gainers. Now, if you're more endomorphic, uh, that, that is not going to work for you. Um, you're going to need to be following a stricter diet, less carbs, et cetera, et cetera. So that just depends.
2: Being, being that guy, being the endomorphic, I, I think I'm more mesoendo, but still like I can be a fat guy real easy. Um, I would rather be a little hungry and have to watch what I eat than I've got some clients that are taking in 250 protein, 500 carbs, 120 fats a day. And while a lot of people like me think, Oh, they're so lucky. I'm telling you that probably feels like having a buffet every single day. Like I have to really hammer the fast digesting carbs for those people around the workout, lots of intra workout carbs, way pre and post. So their stomach's not heavy, cereal before and after the workout like things that digest really fast like jason said just kind of dirty it up and then on top of that if they're still not gaining, which a lot aren't i'll throw in a free meal on top of that a couple of days a week if i have to and i'll just i'll have to add that way because i mean at some point like some people you just have to it's few and far between but i'd rather be the fat guy that's a little bit hungry you know jason i've heard you say it before sometimes it feels good to be a little bit hungry for a minute. You know, I, I would rather be that guy than somebody that feels like you're stuffed all the time. Cause
1: it's just, yeah, I, I, the force feeding isn't miserable. I I mean, I've always hated that aspect of trying. To, and, and then I started to realize, you know, I'm only going to get so big. Uh, I've, I've pushed calories for, for years. Um, <laughs> so for me, finally, it was like, you know what? I just want to look like a body better year round, be lean. And what that brings me, it brings me. And you know, <laughs> When I was still pushing hard, like that actually worked the best for me when I just said, fuck it, I'm going to eat when I'm hungry, I'm going to eat healthy food mainly. And I made some of my best progress, uh, kind of just stopped worrying about forcing that food. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yep. Um, all righty, next one. Um, we're going to talk a little bit more about like training routines. Um, so typically some people have the idea that you need to go in and you need to change your workout every single week. (laughs) Some people are on the same workout way too long. So um, basically what's the ideal length of a program for someone to be on? Like how long do you guys typically run your programs for?
1: Uh, I'm typically eight weeks. Um, And my point is, and sometimes I go 10, but hell I've had people growing and I'm like, are you enjoying what you're doing? Yep. All right. Let's just stay on the plan. like. Ronnie Coleman stayed on the same fucking workout plan pretty much his entire career. I know Dorian did as well. He said, um, so if it works for those guys, why do you need a program changed every two weeks? You don't. And beyond that, you're not, you're not mastering that exercise. Yep. Uh, every time I'm on on a machine and if it's something new, my mind is thinking, how can I make this work better to tax the muscle? Not just does it, that doesn't mean make it easier. It's almost how can I make this harder and I feel the muscle really working. Uh, so it's a different mindset. A lot of people want to make it as easy as possible. I want to make it as hard as possible, less efficient. So the muscle is doing all the work and it's hard. Um, so that's, that's my take eight weeks is what I do with most of my clients, but shit, I've kept people on the same one for 16 weeks. Cause they were growing like weed. Mm-hmm. I, I've
2: kept people on longer, but I take a little different approach. So, I'll send people different workout splits that I've written, but because I'm not there in person, I, I tend to tell them, Hey, listen, follow the volume, follow the total sets, but I need you to learn how to find the exercises that work the best for you. Like that you feel working the best and you need to hammer home on those exercises. Don't worry about a bunch of variety. If you don't feel the chest, your chest doing a bench press, don't fucking do it. Just because I wrote it on the plan and I have that on my plans but I also put on there, if you don't feel it right and you feel the hammer press, go hammer press every single time you train your chest. So I tell people to find the exercises they feel the best and really just kind of hone in on those. But the way that I break up the training is, you know, some body parts have higher volume to help bring those up. Some days, maybe you train chest more than you do your back if you need to bring your chest up. But the re- the way I really break it up is with the, the overreaching and deloads. And we've done a whole episode on that. So typically about, Jason, I'm probably right in line, I think, with what you just said. You said about every eight weeks, about every fifth or six weeks, I'm going to overreach them really hard for a week or two, and then I'm going to deload. So about every eight weeks or so, they're starting over at ground zero. They're going to ramp their way up, deload, about eight eight weeks, it's changing up. So that's really what I do. Where before, the mistake, and I guess what we're talking about, the mistake is, fuck, we used to just all go in the gym and just train hard. Oh, it's, it's chest and tries today. We're just going to go in and train hard. Like when's the last time you took a week off or deloaded? Oh, I had like two years ago. Like that was us back in the day. And that's a, that's a huge mistake. And that's also why you see a lot of, I just say weightlifters, right? We call them gym rats or, you know, gym bros or whatever. They just go in and train hard and they never make any progress because they're not being intentional with their training. They're just training hard. Um, so I think those are good ways to kind of break it up. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I kind of do like four to eight weeks, depending on if it, they're a power lifter or a bodybuilder, obviously bodybuilders, we don't need to have that much change. Um, but I I'm also very hands-on with my training. Like I have my clients send me videos on things that they're having troubles with, or like a more compound movement that might be tougher. Cause I want to see how they're performing it. And I want to see the intention behind it. Um, and then, I'll have some times where I'll kind of ask them and I'll just go based on biofeedback. Like, Hey, do you need a deload this week? Like, how are you feeling? They're kind of feeling like crap. I'll be like, okay, let's deload a little bit. And then I won't even switch out every single exercise and switch the whole program. I only switch out a couple if they're really liking it and they're just like, yeah, I think I'm kind of plateauing on this one or that one. And then I'll switch those out for them. So, um, I have a girl right now that's doing really well with that kind of template, but I, I train her in person, too. So I see her a lot, um, which is really nice to have that like hands on type um, approach with clients, too. So with ones that are remote, I still try to make it as as uh, hands on as possible with just videos and stuff and not like they're videoing their whole entire workout, obviously, but just with stuff like that. So. So, yeah, that's kind of how I do it, too.
2: Kayla, you put on here, why getting the the advice from the biggest, most genetically gifted person isn't the best idea. I think that's something good for you mm-hmm. to point out because you, you put it on there. And I think we see that happen a lot, right? Like yeah. we're all, especially when we first start out, we're all kind of drawn to that person. Uh, the biggest, most muscular person in the gym, usually they're on performance enhancing drugs. So you figure out later as you kind of wisen up to what's going on. Um but that doesn't always translate into the best approach. Right.
0: Right. Yep. Um, Usually with the most, like the biggest gifted person in the gym, things are going to come easy to them. They're going to look at a dumbbell and their biceps are going to grow like stuff like that. And they don't have to really, they have to try obviously, but they don't have to try as hard as someone who's had to figure out like, okay, this doesn't work for me. Or like, I can't connect with this or how do I make this grow? Like, you know, Jason, with your calves, like, you know, you had to figure out that doing stuff in between exercises to just get more volume in there. Some people just need that. Um, You know, in females, I know that there's a lot of times like their upper bodies have a really hard time growing. So, you know, someone like me, like my upper body is growing pretty well. I've always had like large back and everything like that. So probably wouldn't be your best advice, obviously, but um, I do know how to help people connect with that and everything too. So that's a little different. Um, but yeah, it just, those people are going to just be like, have very generic advice. I feel like, um, so getting it.
2: Well, I, and we see it quite a bit. Sorry. I didn't mean to Oh, go there.
0: ahead. Go ahead. I was going
2: to say, we see it quite a bit. We see a lot of booty growth programs from girls that genetically just have a giant set of glutes. You know what I mean? Um, you look at pictures of them when they first started and their ass was already huge. And now they're selling those programs, and that, that's totally fine. But why not go talk to the girl that didn't have a butt, and now she's got you know a very nice set of glutes that she's proud of? I always used to, at the physique summit, I'd pull Cliff Wilson out, and I'd just make him a perfect example. I'd be like, this is the most – this is a guy that has the worst genetics I've ever fucking seen in my life, and that's Cliff Wilson. And he's built a pretty damn good, respectable physique. And I'm like, why would you not take advice from this guy? He's not as impressive as the other guys in the gym, but this guy knows how to grow way more than anyone else does because he's had to really work for it. Or Jason bringing his chest up. I've used that multiple times or cast. So talk to the people that have had, that have had a weak body part or a shitty physique and they've built something. That's the person you want to get advice from. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Yeah. I mean, I know sometimes these IFBB pros, like the open guys will post pictures of how they looked when they were like 15 and they make it sound like they like look terrible and they got like six packs and you know (laughs) galluses in their biceps are carved out and they're delts and i'm like dude i didn't look like that i didn't look like that five years after lifting weights and you're trying to tell me you don't have (laughs) genetics like come on man
0: (laughs) yep Yep. oh i can definitely attest to the glute thing um that is like my trouble area and when i first started competing i had a flat ass like it was just not there (laughs) um so i've had to work really hard on connecting that and getting that down but you know with that you know comes to our last uh, tip or piece of advice is just like your intent with training. That's going to be your biggest thing right there is just your effort, your intensity, and your progressions in your movements. Um, If you don't have any kind of intensity in your training, like obviously you don't want to train like too hard all the time, like what we talked about, but you got to do it with the correct intensity and you want to feel that connection. It's not just about slinging weight. You know, anyone can go do that, but you're not actually getting like the muscle connection out of there. So, um, I guess, do you guys have anything to add to that one too?
1: I mean, I can, I know around, around the time that I really was making my best gains around 38 to 43, 42. I redid everything in terms of my training. And what I mean by that is I started at, like if I was doing a hammer machine for chest, I put the 35s on there. And I literally nothing else could flex other than my chest. And I was completely over exaggerating it, but it was helping me learn the firing and the motor patterns that really I had just kind of neglected because I'd throw three plates on there and man it up and just swing it up and not awful form, but, you know, just and I started over that way and I finally worked it back up to where I was at my weight that I was doing. And now I could really feel these muscles working the whole time. So I kind of just blew it all up and, uh, tried that. And uh, it's an ego thing, you know, to, to not have the weight, but by then I didn't give two shits. Like I had one of the better physiques in the gym. So if they look at me and say that guy's weak, I'm like, I I don't care, you know, but it takes time to kind of get to that point. But I really wish that I would have done that sooner. Um, and, and just really made myself with, like you said, in the word intention, you know, really being intent on that muscle uh, that you're trying to work, work, uh, you know, when you're working your back, are you really pulling with your lats first or are you pulling with your biceps and your forearms? Like I've done all that throughout my life. And then it's like, okay, when you really slow it down and just use them as hooks, you can't wait. You can't use nearly as much weight, but now it's all back. So things like that uh, are what I
2: feel like is important.
1: Dropping
2: and I think
0: is huge.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's never too late. You know, you talked about doing this at 38 to 42 and you'd already been training for 20 years you oh, know yeah. near 20 years so it's not too late to start over and rebuild you know start over from scratch you you have something on here kayla that i'm glad you put this on you're talking about a log book and i guess that's something that i want to talk about we don't spend a lot of time talking about uh, a good friend of mine jason wells he's my co-host over at the fat muscle project podcast the sister podcast that i do um he is to the point now he's been training very hard jason you know jason wells really well at this Definitely. point He's been trained really hard. The guy's lost like 250 pounds. He stepped on stage for a transformation contests. And it's to the point now we need to bring his legs up. Like he's he's progressed to the point to where the training that I've had him doing over the years, it's time to take it up to the next level. And what I'm about to say, and what I'm about to have him do, he couldn't have just started from day one. Like you have to progress to what I'm going to say. So to me, it's it's if you're someone that's got about five years in, this is this is for you. You can try and beat the logbook, and a lot of people don't understand this concept. So it kind of reminds me of DC training, stands for dog crap. I know Jason's a, a fan of, uh, Jason Wells is a fan of Dusty Hanshaw and people like that. This is a concept where you go in and you, you pick certain exercises, and I'm going to lay a whole program out, that's not important, but you try and beat the logbook every single time. You try and beat the weight, you try to add just a little bit of weight and you're trying to force strength and you're trying to force growth. And deloads become a very important part of this pro- this process here. But you know, this is something I did early on. It's when I made my best gains after about five years from that 2012 to 2015-16 time frame. Jason, did you ever play around with trying to beat the logbook? And, and what are your thoughts on that? I've seen some good growth for my clients, but they have to get to that point. And sometimes I just don't have a lot of People that are that advanced and are ready to go to that level, but I think beating the logbook has its place. Um, yes, but I'll be
1: honest with you. Every time I've tried to use a logbook, it lasts like two weeks. It feels like because you work. don't like to track, right? It feels like fucking homework. Like I, yeah, I, exactly. you know, at that point in my life, I was in front of a desk all day dealing with legal documents and trying to bang out diets on the side. And by the time I got to the gym, I didn't want to think about shit. I wanted to train and feel the muscle, get a pump. And that's what I wanted to do. And, you know, I, people say, well, it's not about fun. Well, it was for me. Uh, So I did it that way. Uh, I would remember my big lifts. Like I could remember if I got four wheels on, you know, a certain lift and I needed to get past that leg press. I'd keep an idea, Uh, squats. I'd keep an idea, you know, the big compounds on my chest. But I wasn't sitting there writing everything down because it just felt like homework to me, and it wasn't fun, and I wasn't gonna.
2: And and I get it, and I think you know it also. Kayla goes over the powerlifting world too. Like you have to keep a logbook, you've got to keep a number with percentages. This is a little different because it's a body, it's a bodybuilding program, but. You know, if you're someone that doesn't mind tracking and keeping track of a logbook with certain lifts, um, this program that I'm going to write for him, it kind of takes a page out of the powerlifting book because you're trying to force strength. You're trying to force strength and growth comes with that when you apply it to a bodybuilding prep. So Mm -hmm. if you're someone that doesn't, doesn't mind the logbook, I fucking hate it. I won't. I'll go into a gym and just go by feel every single time, but I'm also not an IFBB pro. So it really just depends on, on who you are and what your goals are, I guess.
0: Yeah. See, I am one that likes to use the logbook because type A over here, you know, like I like to have that, but like, I also know if I get too hyper-focused on like my weights aren't going up, why aren't they going up? And like, you get too anxious about it, then it's like, we take it away. And I have a lot of my clients use a logbook too, um, when they're ready for it, uh, to track their weights. And I also explain that, you know, it's not about just adding weight, it's about adding, you know. Try to do a little bit more reps this week or try to do better execution. And that goes into um, why I have them take videos of like their main exercise for that day. Um, So that way they can see and they can track it for themselves, too, and understand like where they're going wrong, especially for my powerlifters. Like that's definitely a necessity. Um, But some of my bodybuilders, too, I'll have them do that. Um, and even my gem pop, they just like to see their number numbers go up too, which is fun. Um, and it's another way to track things if they're like, oh, I'm not losing weight or something. And then you're like, yeah, but look how freaking strong you're getting. So, so that makes, makes sense too. So.
2: Well, since we're about to, to end this, I, I did want to, if you're watching YouTube, we will have these log books. If you notice here, these fat muscle project log books up on the website. So those will be up just in time. Jason's over here laughing because I have shameless plug going on. <laughs> um, but if you are type A like Kayla, uh, you're not a lazy fucker like me and Jason, then you can get a log book and, and, uh, log your, log your lifts, make gains. Mm -hmm. Kayla, this, this was a really good episode. You, you did a hell of a job putting this together. And I know like we're running short on time. We could probably throw in some bonus stuff, like make sure you're taking creatine monohydrate and all that. But I know that you had, you had people, you had the beginners, but you also had some advanced stuff in here. So you did a really good job putting this together.
0: Thank you. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a lot of factors of course all the time. Um, So, you know, if you're at that point where you're just like, I don't really know what else to do or stuck, you know, that's maybe a time to get a coach, you know, and obviously all of us coach. So if you guys ever have questions, you can reach out to us. You know, I'm sure all of us are happy to answer questions, of course. And um, yeah, otherwise we will see you uh, next time. Um, do you guys have any other closing thoughts or notes?
2: I'm good. All right. Great episode. See you guys. All
0: right. Bye guys. Yeah.